0: the fantasy football beat welcome to the fantasy football beat the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness i'm scott allen
1: hey i'm des bieler
0: And no matter how bad your Sunday was, it was better than Nathan Peterman's of the Bills. We'll get to that in due time, unfortunately for him. A great start to his NFL career. But, Des, let's start with a, a battle between slightly better quarterbacks in New Orleans where the Saints beat the Redskins 34 to 31, Drew Brees overcoming a late 15 point deficit to lead the Saints to their eighth straight win. And we've talked a lot about Brees in recent weeks, how he's kind of been ho hum. He finally had a big day, 385 yards and two touchdowns. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara did their thing. But I want to talk about the Redskins. Um, in defeat, Samaj P. Ryan, the rookie, he looked good, by far his best performance of his career. Probably not a lot of people starting him. But on top of that, Chris Thompson went down with a season ending injury. What do you make of Pirine's performance and do you think he has what it takes to be the guy um, going forward?
1: Well, he's certainly going to be the guy on the Redskins, especially with Chris Thompson going down, right? And I think we we're thinking his season's done. I mean, isn't it a broken leg? Yep, broken leg, done for the year. And uh, they replaced him with uh, Byron Marshall, who just, yep, just, just sort of arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and, and with Kelly, Rob Kelly already out. I mean, the cupboard's pretty bare there. So I think it's, it's, it's very encouraging for the Redskins that Piran played so well because, yes, I think they are going to rely on him as heavily as they possibly can. It sort of remains to be seen. Because they were in this game, and they were, in fact, leading, and, in fact, coughed up a big lead late in the game, and that's a whole other story, but yep. it remains to be seen what will happen if the Redskins fall behind in the game, and then who they lean on, because Thompson, of course, was always that passing downs back, and I don't think P Ryan's going to be that guy. I mean, we saw a couple more balls clang off his hands today, although at least one, one case it wasn't a very good pass, but in general, not a pass catching back, so I think it, it'll all just depend on sort of game flow for him. If the Redskins have a lead and they can pound the ball, I think he will do pretty well. You know, he's got that big physique. Um, he looked pretty good, but... You know, that, that'll that be the question for the Redskins. And I thought, um, stay on that side of the ball. Kirk Cousins did really well today, especially when you consider how good the Saints have become just in general and against the pass. You know, so yeah. he looked very good today. So there, And Josh Doxson finally got some... Numbers to match his involvement. You know he'd been getting some targets, and he got seven more targets today. Actually turned them into 81 yards receiving. Clearly, I think the top receiver on this team, a guy they want to get the ball outside. The numbers too. So you know it, a very tough defeat for the Redskins, but some encouraging signs.
0: Yeah, it was weird. All four of Duxton's catches came in the first half, and I think they looked to him maybe once or twice in the second half. But he had a, a fabulous catch over the helmet. PJ Williams Um, he's looked better in recent weeks I think the guy who stands to gain the most in that offense and he's he's not available on waiver wires probably but you could probably try to swing a trade for him he's been on the upswing too. Jamison Crowder just because of the type the way that they use him for those kind of short screens that they get the ball in his hands and let him do what he does that's kind of how they use Thompson and that's going to be a piece of that offense that's severely lacking
1: uh, for the rest of the year that makes sense? Or maybe they'll just use more Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> hey, Jeremy Sprinkle with the, with the Sprinkle touchdown yeah, celebration. A sprinkling of <laughs> catastrophe for Vernon Davis owners. But we should probably move on.
0: Let's move on to the Lions and the Bears. Um, 27 to 24 Detroit win. I thought Matthew Stafford, I said on Wednesday, I thought he might struggle in this one. He didn't. 299 yards and two touchdowns against a, a pretty good Bears defense. Um, Marvin Jones was the, the biggest beneficiary for Detroit. Four catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. And then I guess for the Bears, the story is it's, it's Jordan Howard and not much else fantasy-wise. A big day for Howard owners.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, 125 yards 15 on 15 carries and touchdown. You'll take that all the time if you're Jordan Howard. It's still kind of troubling that he doesn't get involved in the passing game. He had zero pass targets today, which is obviously that's concerning. I mean, anytime they fall behind, you wonder what will happen there or stay behind uh, in that case. so But, you know, you got to like it if you're a Jordan Howard owner. You know the only other thing of note really with the Bears because they, uh, not surprisingly, Trubisky didn't throw the ball very well, but (laughs) Dontrell Inman still has the look of, for what it's worth, uh, the top receiver on that team. He didn't put up huge numbers, but he got the most targets and five. Yeah, (laughs) so. That's, That's the it. Trubisky
0: offense for yeah. you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and Trubisky ran for 53 yards, so he salvaged a, a few fantasy points for you. But all, all told, it was basically the Jordan Howard, Howard show there. Another pretty
0: boring game fantasy-wise in Cleveland, where the Browns fell to 0-10 with a 19-7 loss to the Jaguars. Blake Bortles was kind of blah. Leonard Fournette got back into form. 28 carries for 111 yards. He didn't find the end zone. Um, And my guy from Wednesday, D. D. Westbrook, you know, he went on the radio this week and said, he he was my sleeper, he said, you know, I feel like I'm going to have 200 yards in my debut. He did not. Three catches for 35 yards for the rookie out of Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, I uh, thought that was a bit of a... (laughs) questionable value pick on, on your end back then, just because it was his yeah, it was his first ever game as a pro. And I mean, it seemed a lot to ask for him to do much of anything little than two hundred yards. So but he got out there and, you know, we can hope for better things in the future, especially if Alan Hearns stays out of lineup. I mean, we saw Marquise Lee not do a whole lot either, but as with Inman, like he's clearly the top receiver on the team, and Leonard Fournette, I think his owners have to be very happy. I mean, he, he had an ankle injury. There was some question whether he might even play. Then there was uh, some question as to how much he would stand up to the cold weather. Yep. You know, he didn't. It was a volume thing. He had 28 carries and he converted them to 111 yards. And uh, so you'll and he added. Yeah, he didn't do anything in the passing game. So, but you'll take that and you're happy he played on the uh, Cleveland side of the ball. I mean, to me, this is probably the most important thing that came out of this game was Corey Coleman. Definitely. Better value pick right there. Absolutely. Corey Coleman, who'd been out since week two, and then he comes back to what's, what has been the worst matchup for any team against the Jaguars passing defense. But he, you know, he caught a, a six of 11 targets for 80 yards, looked really good. Clearly, they're going to throw to him. So I think going forward, he's a start. He's a, at worst, it looks like a wide receiver three.
0: Yeah, I think he's probably at the top of my waiver wire list if you need a wide receiver um, going into next week. The Ravens shut out the Packers 23 to nothing. The sad state of Packers receivers outside of Devontae Adams continues. Jordy Nelson, another dreadful game. He's got 10 catches in his last four weeks and no more than 35 yards in those games. The story here, I think we were excited to see how Danny Woodhead back from injury would be worked into that Ravens offense. And we kind of got an answer. He only had one carry, but five catches on six targets. Um, Didn't go for many yards, but like you thought, and like others thought, he kind of took away from that role that Buck Allen, Javoris Allen, was filling before for the Ravens.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, we probably don't have to like worry about the Javoris-Buck thing anymore, because I don't think we're going to need to talk about him, talk about him much anymore. I don't think he had a single pass target in this game, which is really damning, because that was his major role with the team. Not that anybody in the Ravens did a whole lot. They didn't have to do a whole lot. Their defense was just so utterly dominant. Uh, I don't think there were a whole lot of fantasy stories that came out of this game in general. I mean, Woodhead didn't exactly set the world on fire. Yeah. Neither did Alex Collins. The Ravens didn't have to do much. So they just had to sit back and let Hundley turn the ball over or otherwise be incredibly inefficient. Devontae Adams, I mean, that makes his stat line seem all the more amazing. He catches for 126 yards when you consider that nobody on either side of the ball did much of anything else in this game, including Jamal Williams, who got a lot of touches but couldn't do a whole lot there. So... You know, this Packers offense just looks like a disaster. And yeah, Jordy Nelson, I think, is, has become definitely droppable.
0: Oh, that's, that's just crazy from a from a—I mean, it, yeah. you're right, but from a, a first-round pick to droppable, um, it ruined a lot of fantasy seasons.
1: Yeah, and, and really, at this point, you have to say that Hundley is locked onto Adams for yeah. whatever reason. I no mean, doubt. Yeah, I mean, you, you might have thought it was sort of circumstantial the previous couple of games. Maybe Nelson will get his today and Adams won't, but no, it doesn't look that way at all. The Bucks beat the Dolphins
0: 30 to 20, and one of the big stories in this one was that Matt Moore was locked on to to Kenny Stills. Jay Cutler left with a to be evaluated for concussion, and Stills went wild with Moore at the helm, seven catches for 180 yards and a touchdown. He's available in a lot of leagues, and ESPN I saw this note noted that he's got 44 targets since week six, which put him, him right about the top 10 in that category. A potential. Uh, usable wide receiver yeah. two wide receiver three
1: he's, he's been usable absolutely he has at least five catches for 65 yards in four of his past five games uh he has one t oh no i'm thinking i'm looking at jarvis landry sorry for my next stat. <laughs> uh landry has is <laughs> also been very usable and a guy that i was kind of wrong about in the preseason i mm-hmm. thought his volume would drop but nope he has double he had double digit targets again today eight of his past 10 in general matt moore is just good for this offense i mean the last time he came into a game in relief of of cutler he led a comeback at the Jets and threw a couple TD passes yeah. there. Definitely good for Stills and good for this passing offense in general. And, and if you're a fantasy owner, you better, you should hope that Moore just continues to be the quarterback here. So monitor
0: uh, Cutler's status going forward. And, Des, I know a guy that you were really high on and a guy that you were monitoring specifically in this game, Cameron Brate disappointed again for the third straight week.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we just talked about Nelson being droppable. I mean, I think Brate's droppable as long as Fitzpatrick is out there for whatever reason. Ain't no Fitz magic coming along for Cameron <laughs> Brate. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, at least O.J. Howard got involved, and that was always going to be an issue for Brate. was how much of the workload would he cede to their first-round tight end pick, but it hadn't been the case the first half of the season. But, boy, it looks bad now. And Doug Martin, I don't think is droppable, but he's, I don't think he's startable. I mean, this, he's been awful. He's just putting up terrible numbers. 19 carries, which is a ton, but for 38 yards... You know, just uh, two catches for six yards. Just does nothing, and he's been inv- invisible just way too many times.
0: And real quick, I would say don't be fooled by Damian Williams' final line: ten carries for 78 yards, but 69 of those on one run. A lot like Kenyon Drake last week against the Panthers. His final line looked fine:
1: seven for 82, but 66 came on one run. It's pretty. It's you been you pretty hard to predict who's gonna yeah. who's gonna do well. I think Drake had the upper hand, and now we just don't really know. He's t- Drake's still getting more snaps for whatever that's worth. The Vikings beat the Rams 24 to seven in a battle of seven and two teams, and
0: Adam Thielen just keeps doing the thing. I mean, the one knock on him, if you, if you could even call it that, given how many catches he had in PPR leagues, especially, was that he wasn't getting into the end zone. He's now got a touchdown in three straight, over 120 yards again today on six catches. That Vikings offense is clicking, and he is the key to it.
1: Sure, it looks that way. Yeah, I mean, he is he's a wide receiver one now. I don't know what else he has to do to be in that elite territory of guys you don't bench against anybody you just you try it out there and you kind of expect good things you certainly expect at least five catches he has that in every game and he's blowing past that in recent weeks so you know and some of it appears to be at the expense of stefan Diggs. so you know yeah. while one is rising the other is kind of falling i kind of look at Diggs though as as a pretty good um by low candidate this week i know in espn leagues the trade deadline like is coming it. up on Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, you know I think Diggs will will eventually get his. So goodbye, low candidate there.
0: And I think you've got a if you're a Robert Woods owner, he had a tough act to follow after last week. He obviously didn't reach that uh, eight catches for 81 yards, but again on a team high 11 targets, oh, yeah. I think it remains you Woods can't, you can't Cup complain. and Watkins.
1: Yeah, you can't complain about Woods. I mean, eight carries, eight catches for 81 yards. Absolutely. I think he hurt his shoulder in this game, so we'll have to see how that turns out. I'm I'm not sure how serious that is. You hope let's hope not, but yeah. Uh, if Woods is out for any reason, then Sammy Watkins obviously gets a, a huge bump in value.
0: One of the biggest upsets of the week was the Giants' 12-9 to win over the Chiefs, and something remains wrong with the Kansas City offense, Does This is seven touchdowns in the last five games. They've lost four of those. It's affecting everyone from Kareem Hunt to Tyreek Hill to today, Travis Kelsey. This was the <laughs> first time in 10 games that a tight end did not catch a touchdown pass against the Giants. Now, Kelsey had 109 yards, a good game all around, but... What do you make of the, of the Kansas City offense, and how worried are you
1: for the rest of the year? I think you you should be a little bit worried. I mean, certainly Alex Smith is coming back to earth a little bit. He's been just so-so in, in three of his past four games. And Kareem Hunt, I mean, the you know this is all about narrative with him, right? I mean, if, if he'd had this kind of start to the season, and then he'd had two huge yeah. games sort of sprinkled along the way, we'd just look at him as like... certainly no more than an RB2 and a guy with some upside but more likely than not not going to give you that great of a game it's just that he burst out of the gates with 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 such authority and we've kind of like had this picture in our minds of that guy ever since but I think we have to give that up which isn't to say he can't go off in any particular game but he has no more than 77 total yards in each of his past three games hasn't scored since week three yeah I mean I I don't know yeah I don't know if teams are sort of figuring this offense out or if Andy Reid's you know play calling has kind of hit the skids but yeah this was a very very ugly outing against a Giants team that I mean I guess they still had one more decent effort in them but Lord knows I mean if the Chiefs have been able to do anything on offense I mean this thing went to overtime and it finished 12-9 yeah. I mean they, they, you know this was there for the taking and they just couldn't do it
0: right and Orleans Darqua usable today 20 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown yep. and Sterling Shepard he didn't play he had migraines uh, and you thought maybe Evan Ingram might see more targets and and that offense be due for a big day, but the Chiefs did something that a lot of people haven't been able to do recently and and limit him to one catch on six targets.
1: Yeah, extremely disappointing, considering that Sterling Shepard did not get the start. Uh, I think, Egram there was a questionable uh, offensive pass pass interference call that kind of took a catch away from him, but... I mean, OK, that would have been one more catch for him. Like, Yeah, it was very bizarre that he just disappeared today. But it worked out OK for anybody who started Roger Lewis. Uh, three, <laughs> three catches for 55 yards, all you Lewis guys out All there. three of you Yep. in the world. The Lewis family. <laughs> Texans
0: beat the Cardinals 31 to 21. Dante Foreman for the Texans in this one. 10 carries for 65 yards and two touchdowns. But he has tore his Achilles and is out for the year. Des, a, a big game from Lamar Miller at the same time and he looks like a a viable candidate going forward to to be the guy in Houston.
1: Yeah I mean he's he has sort of been looking sort of shaky and now he should be an RB2 going forward because if Foreman's out for the season and does seem like he has a major Achilles injury he was great in this game 10 carries for 65 yards two touchdowns as you mentioned but apparently he'll be done for the season so what's bad news for him is very good news for Lamar Miller owners Uh, the other good news for the Texans was Tom Savage again He's not good at football, but he is okay <laughs> at getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Uh, nine targets, only caught four of those for, about, for 76 yards and touchdown. You'll take that. Uh, Bruce Ellington was good in a fill in roll and um, that's, I don't know, there's not a lot else to be said for the Texans today, but they did what they had to do to beat the Cardinals, who didn't get nearly enough pressure on Savage to, to force him into the kind of turnovers he's capable of having.
0: And for the Cardinals, Blaine Gabbert filling in for Drew Stanton, not terrible at football either three touchdown passes his main target was Larry Fitzgerald nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown and Adrian Peterson this is now three games he's averaged less than two yards per carry his other two games were great but this is now two in a row 14 carries for 26 yards for 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 Peterson we've talked about how kind of the game flow dictates how valuable he'll be but I think at best, going forward, he's a, he's a potential flex. Um, do you think otherwise?
1: No. I mean, uh, Peterson has become extremely hit or miss, and you would think that te- defenses are going to dare the Cardinals to throw the ball effectively against them. And uh, somewhat oddly—well, it wasn't odd because the Texans are terrible <laughs> against the pass, so I guess it figures that even Blaine Gabbert could do a little bit of damage against them. Threw for three touchdown passes, two of which went to uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, who— <laughs> I don't know if he's coming to a waiver wire or who the heck he is. I discovered he was an undrafted free agent uh, out of Texas A M. and conver- He was a great receiver there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently a converted wide receiver. I don't know if he'll ever have this good of a game again, or what it means in fantasy. But sure, why not? You know, the the Texans are just that kind of team. They've, in their previous three games, they had also allowed two touchdown catches to a to one player, but those players were Paul Richardson, T. Y. Hilton, and Robert Woods. So you might expect right. that Ricky Seals Jones, <laughs> not quite so expected.
0: The way it works is you pick up Ricky Seals Jones, put him in your lineup, and then next week Jermaine Gresham has six catches for 80 yards and two
1: touchdowns. Yeah, that's probably how it should work. And for Larry Fitzgerald, another good game. He just keeps on trucking. He's having a great season.
0: The Chargers beat the Bills 54-24. to We talked a little bit about Nathan Peterman before we get to his historically awful day. Let's talk about the good news for the Chargers. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler both scored touchdowns. They were a hot topic on Wednesday show. But Keenan Allen, the forgotten Keenan Allen, a brutal season. He hadn't scored since week one. Today he scored twice, 12 catches for 159 yards on a season-high 13 targets. What happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what happened was he just tormented the Bills. And I think this was the version of Keenan Allen. I think a lot of us had thought we'd see more of this season, and we just kind of haven't partly because I think they are had been a lot of mouths to feed that Chargers offense, and Rivers has been a little bit off his game. And for whatever reason, like he hasn't exactly been the target monster, high catch percentage guy we thought he might be. The touchdowns aren't so shocking, like, I, I, he's never been a big red zone presence. Although, yeah. just, just one touchdown coming in this game was a little bit unexpected. So, I think two today kind of levels the books a little bit, and we might expect to see a little bit more of that. Going forward, but yeah, I mean, his he'd only had 196 yards receiving in his past four games combined. So 159 today, a very welcome sight for his owners. Although I don't know if that means he's he's all the way back or if yeah. he'll continue to be inconsistent.
0: And for the Bills, we questioned this move on Wednesday. I think they kind of got what East. they deserved. It was it seemed to come out of nowhere. Nathan Peterman, he had a great career. One half of football, six for 14, five interceptions in the first half before being benched for Tyrod Taylor. I hope you did not dumped Tyrod Taylor if you were a Tyrod Taylor owner. Oh, oh I did, you, yes. yes.
1: You yes, did. I did. In one league. Where I have been Roethlisberger... Well, that's okay. Uh, it, it's okay until weeks thirteen and fourteen when Roethlisberger has terrible matchups. And I was counting, I was planning <laughs> on playing Taylor in those games, and now I'm gonna have to go get him back, I guess, because you got to figure he's gonna get the starts going forward. Although uh, head coach Sean McDermott was a little noncommittal about that, he probably didn't want right. to Im- immediately say that he's going back. He probably wanted to cut Nathan Peterman whatever slack he possibly could after what was one of the worst. Yes, starting you know he already feels ever. bad enough. Yeah, but
0: Taylor was pretty good in the second half, and he kind of yeah. showed what he can be when. You know, what he is is a fantasy quarterback, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, efficient mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, we kind of wondered how Nathan Peterman starting would affect Kelvin Benjamin's value. It may not matter who is throwing the ball uh, in that offense because Kelvin Benjamin was carted off with, with a knee injury in the first quarter. Um, I don't know if it's been announced that he's out for the season, but it didn't look good. Um, guys like Zay Jones and Deontay Thompson perhaps stand to benefit.
1: Uh, possibly. Uh, Jordan Matthews was also out for this game. My guy, Jordan Matthews, your boy. (laughs) he had his own knee injury. So we'll see Yeah, if if Benjamin is is out for any period of time. I mean, the problem is we've seen that before and Zay Jones has been not remotely up to the task. Although as a rookie, you might hope that as the season has gone along, maybe he's gotten a little more seasoning. Uh, Charles Clay might also get a little bit more involved in the act. He's done very, very little since returning last week. And a big bounce back game for LaShawn McCoy, we should mention as well. 114
0: yards rushing the touchdown. He also caught a touchdown pass.
1: Yes, and uh, Hunter Henry continues to disappear for the Chargers. So Gone. Yeah, unfortunately. Him, he, he and Tyrell Williams have just been uh, pretty disappointing yeah. this most of the season.
0: In Mexico City, the Patriots beat the Raiders 33-8, to a huge day from Tom Brady, 339 yards and three touchdowns. And I hope you played the right... New England running back. It's always hard to predict. We thought Rex Burkhead might be the guy this week. Not so much. He salvaged his day a little bit with four catches, only 16 yards rushing. But a big day from Deion Lewis, 88 total yards and a touchdown against the Raiders.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, this. Lewis has really been the most startable running back. He's been the guy getting the most work. He's been there early downs back. So. I don't think the way this game played out was totally unexpected. I think Burkhead may have had a shot to take over that role, but he fumbled early. I don't think he, he lost the ball in that play, but just letting the ball slip out of your grasp is, is a mortal sin if you're a Patriot. So he definitely lost touches down the stretch. We'll have to see. He, he clearly, I think I think a fair amount of people were, were looking at starting him in this game, and I think you are going to have to wait to see if he's fully back in Bill Belichick's good graces. I mean, the other, the other story there is James White has just become unstartable yeah. in any format. I mean, he used to be a PPR Uh, you know, a real asset in PPR, and and he only had one target, zero catches in this game. So, you know, there was a lot. The only, I mean, basically the only running back for the Patriots you could start these days is Dion Lewis. And, you know, yeah, as long as he gets in the end zone, you're going to get a good game out of him because he hasn't been great from from a yardage standpoint.
0: Right. And for Oakland, you know, I thought they might have a field day against that Patriots defense. It was not to be. Amari Cooper had a late garbage time touchdown to salvage his day, but only three catches for 28 yards on seven targets. And Michael Crabtree, 6 for 51 uh, on 11 looks, which is, is not a great ratio for uh, Derek Carr.
1: No, and Carr has really not been having a very good season, and it's starting to really affect his wide receivers. Um, even, or even And even Jared Cook, who'd, who'd been on a bit of a tear, he didn't do much today. Crabtree has only had one game over 52 yards in his past five. And then, of course, Amari Cooper, we know all about his struggles. Once again, he had another poor yardage game. As you said, that touchdown kind of saved the bacon for him. But yeah. he's just one game over 62 yards oh. on the season. And then you get to Marshawn Lynch, and he, he just doesn't get the touches to be effective. And I know that they fell behind this game, so they had to get a little pass happy. But again, you because know, he ran well, he had 11 carries for 67 yards, uh, just one pass target. I mean, he only has two games on the season with over 13 touches. So he just hasn't been getting yeah. enough volume to really make a dent there.
0: The Bengals beat the Broncos 20-17 to 17 in another sort of dud of a game from Ugh. a fantasy perspective. You, you could do worse than starting Andy Dalton. He was efficient with his 154 yards passing, three touchdowns, one of them to A.J. Green. And then for the Broncos, I guess the closest thing to a fantasy storyline is the Devontae Booker-C.J. Anderson running back battle.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a definite committee here, a value-sapping committee, committee for all involved. I think on the day Booker had 24 snaps – Anderson had 23. Jamal Charles had 18. So, I mean, a near equal division of labor there. And, you know, if Anderson doesn't get in the end zone, he has a real dud of a day. And I think it's going to be very difficult to look at him as anything more than a Fringe uh running back too if he, if he doesn't start picking up the, the touches and it just doesn't look like he will and, and his whole yeah. offense it doesn't i mean there is a ton, you know the Bengals have a pretty tough defense, and I should say I feel sorry for anyone who started the Bengals fantasy defense today because they came I the, did in several leagues ugh, they had a hundred yard touch uh, interception return that did not make it into the end zone, which is pretty ugh. hard to do I mean, the the prospect <laughs> of starting against Brock is just too enticing, so Absolutely. It's things like that yeah yeah that had to, that had to be infuriating. I did not know that
0: I missed that so.
1: <laughs> now I feel terrible oh yeah that was that was amazing uh uh Drake Kirkpatrick broke into the clear and then he got to about the five yard line looked back <laughs> to see who was about to tackle him and in doing so let the ball like slip out of his hands and he got it back he got back his own fumble but n- not before getting into the end zone so they marked him down at the one <laughs>
0: I'm sure I'll lose that league by five points yeah this week. that was a disaster
1: <laughs> um you know A.J. Green he salvaged his day and uh you know osweiler again he's getting the ball to demarius thomas Uh, emmanuel sanders had a terrible day but thomas now has a touchdown in all three games that osweiler started so you gotta like that connection if you're a demarius owner
0: absolutely and real quick on the thursday game you've gotta like the big ben to antonio brown connection this was kind of the game that brown owners have been waiting for not that he has been bad this year but this is the type of performance that you expect maybe every now and then out of a number one, number two pick, 10 catches for 144 yards and three touchdowns for Brown. What else stood out to you um, from this Thursday game, Des?
1: Yeah, I think the thing, the other thing that stood out on the Steelers' side was Le'Veon Bell sort of continues his oddly not awesome season. Like he's right. been getting a lot of touches, although they fell off a little bit in this game, which maybe because it was a Thursday game might have been expected that James Conner would get a little bit more work. But he was targeted 11 times and, and caught nine passes for 57 yards. So the nine passes, I mean, saved him in PPR leagues. But he just hasn't quite been the dominant force uh, that we may have expected, you know, in, in fantasy drafts. But on uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, Stats-wise, fell off a little bit, uh, but he still got eight targets, so I think you can start him as a pretty confident wide receiver two-slash-three guy. And the only other thing that stood out on the other side of the ball was that Tennessee just keeps giving DeMarco Murray touches for whatever reason. The free <laughs> Derrick Henry moving has not caught on. Murray out-snapped in 52-16, even though Henry averaged 4.6 uh, yards per carry on, on just seven carries. DeMarco Murray averaged 1.3 on his, but he got all the, all the passing work that went to running backs, went to DeMarco Murray. Um, Rashard Matthews obviously had a huge yep, big game. big game. Continues to be quietly pretty steady. Delaney Walker broke his owner's hearts. I mean, he had a good game, six catches for 92 yards, but dropped what should have been about a 30-yard touchdown pass. Hit him right in the hands in the end zone. That was disastrous. And uh, Corey Davis got seven targets, and I think he led all wide receivers in snaps. So a guy, is st- someone who uh, that might be another good trade target. You know, we talked about the ESPN trade deadline coming up. Corey yep. Davis, because he hasn't quite put the stats together yet, so you might be able to still be, get, be still be able to get him on the cheap. And I think the, the best is yet to come for him. Corey
0: Davis and Corey Coleman could be a nice Corey Ooh, combo going ew, forward.
1: Corey hotline.
0: <laughs> and with that, we'll get out of here. A reminder to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Check out all of our great fantasy football content on WashingtonPost.com. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen.
1: I'm at Des Beeler.
0: Get those waiver claims in.